Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Um, story is really much part of our lives. I don't know about you, um, I, I like movies. I enjoy going to movies. Um, Lord of the Rings is a, a, one of my faves. Um, and, but it's interesting how um, these things, whether it's a novel um, or a movie or a play, they tell stories. And, and part of the skill of the writer is to sort of two things. One, to engage us into the story, and then even more profound when, when we begin to see ourselves in the story. Do you know what I mean? When you begin to sort of connect with one of the characters. Um, we watched uh, a movie the other night. Why put Pooh Bear up there? You're going, Phil, what, Pooh Bear? Come on. Um, we watched Christopher Robin, you know, the, the movie, Christopher Robin, the other night. Um, and and it, was, it was engaging because we were drawn into that story of Christopher Robin having had this wonderful youth childhood growing up with all sorts of wonderful stories and these imaginative friends and all that sort of thing. And then he gets old. And he has to remember his story. And he's drawn back into his childhood, remembering how significant these characters were to him in who he was. And um, also, um, uh, a number of weeks ago, we watched The Way. You've heard the movie The Way about the Camino. Have you ever thought there's a connection in The Way with The Wizard of Oz? (laughs) Boom. Okay, there you go. I'm just going to leave that and let that sit. And you've got to go, oh, flip, I'm going to have to go watch that movie again. Um, but so love stories. Now, the other thing is, is that we too have um, an internal story that we, we in a way speak or believe over our own lives. And one of the things that... Um, um, whether we realise this or not, is that that story has huge significance on how we do life. That story um, is about who we are. Uh, We have been doing, um, some of you may have been aware of this, we've been doing um, School of Kingdom Ministry this year. We have our last night this Tuesday. And if you're like, oh, I've heard about that, I'm really interested, excited, because when we get to the conference... Um, Putty's going to talk about that. We're going to have some training between the two conferences for, for vineyards leaders all over Australia to try and help run uh, this School of Kingdom ministry. And uh, quick plug, if you would like to get a bit of a taster of what the, kingdom, uh, the School of Kingdom ministry is about, on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, you are welcome to come and join our last night and hear the students that are just finishing up this year give testimony of what they feel like God has done. And so if that's something that interests you, please feel free to come along. You are more than welcome to join us. But one of the things, uh, one of the concepts we discussed in the, in the school is that um, we have grown up believing that the environment that I'm in determines the quality of life I experience. Now, let me just say that again that we have grown up believing that the environment that I'm in um, determines the quality of life that I experience. And so what we're sort of talking about is the sense that these 
external things around us, we have grown up to, to let them influence our, our story, our story. The, the circumstances of what is happening in our world, whatever that looks like, we're letting them determine what's going on in here. Um, it's, and I know Rob spoke a little bit about this last week, this sense of uh, this story is about our identity, about who we are. But when the Spirit of God comes into our lives and takes up residence within us, then we are able to draw from the Lord who he has made us to be, who he has called us to be. So in one sense, I've got this story of thinking, well, who am I? And then I've got these external things around us that, that in a way, as we've grown up, um, in a, like in a way, without God, we've, gone, we've let them determine my story, who I am. But when we invite God into our lives, we let him, the God who made us, the God who formed us, the God who thought about us before the beginning of the world, we let him begin to speak into our lives and, in a way, rewrite our story. Because a lot of the time when we base our story on our external circumstances, often our story is not positive, is not encouraging. It's, yeah, I'm not good enough, I don't perform well enough, I fail at this, people don't like me, or I'm, I'm by myself and I'm not sure of who I am. And, and so there's that negative side that the world can push against us. But then when we come to the Lord, we have, a, we have a God who is saying to us, I made you. I love you. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. You have purpose and life, and I'm here to give it to you and journey with you. And so that is a whole other way of storing our journey. And so I, want to, I felt like this concept is something that we need to actually think about as we look into the things that we're looking at this morning. Over the past few weeks, as you know, we've been speaking, I'm not too sure how you speak about things you don't speak about, but we're about things that we've spoken about, or we've, we've spoken about things that we shouldn't speak about. Anyway, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, but... As I realise, and I'm sure for you, you may well have, as you've listened to them either presently or, or on the, um, on, what do we call it? Podcast, that's it. <laughs> Funny words. Um, I'm sure that for many of us, we've been able, some of these topics have resonated with us. They've gone, oh, yeah, that's something that I've had to work with at some point. So um, what I want to do is, I want to just go straight away and ask, how have you, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up, if you have ever felt lonely in your life. Could you put your hand up, please? Okay, now I just want to quickly just look around the room. Okay, this is something that affects us all. You can put it down now. It's okay, Rob. <laughs> um, and it's as I expected. As I thought about this, what I wanted to do this morning as we look at this concept of loneliness is to realise that this is not just an, uh, an experience of an isolated few. But in fact, every person I would suspect in this room has experienced a time when they have felt lonely. It may have come from a time of isolation, of loss, 
grief, a work problem, or other social situation that's caused some pain in their lives. It can happen within a marriage as well as for those who are single. Even in these situations when we're surrounded by people, we can feel lonely. It can happen for a short period of time. It can happen for an extended period of time. Now what's happening during these times is that we are, in a way, crying out for a certain type of social interaction. We, we, we need some connection here and it's missing. It's void, it's lost, it's not there. And so we feel a need. We feel that sense of loss and so that sense of loneliness can well up within us. The challenge comes when our, um, our thinking challenges our sense of identity. And we can start wondering about our sense of worth and whether people really want us around. So what I, what I want to talk about this morning and challenge is I think the feeling of loneliness is a very legitimate feeling. The challenge is, is where we go with that, is what that does to our story. See, if in a time of feeling lonely, we start believing nobody wants me, I'm of no value, well, that's the wrong story. You understand? That's, that's, that's letting um, the external circumstances, in a way, rewrite our story, which is not God's story for us. Um, you may know, um, a number of weeks ago, or you may not know, my lovely wife went to India to go and um, meet with some people from IJM, um, and observe some of the work that is happening in India. She went and visited the team in Chennai, um, which is the old Madras, um, and they were able to go out and see some of the people who had been rescued from slavery. Now, that was a wonderful thing and a fantastic experience for the people who went on that team. Now, I dropped Kath at the airport on Sunday night, uh, Saturday morning, sorry, but by Sunday night, I was feeling quite lonely. I, um, I was concerned for Kath's safety. Um, and and I, 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 well, I was concerned for her safety. And then I started wondering, what if Kath died? What if she doesn't come back? Would I be able to do what I'm doing? I, I reflected on our 20 years of doing this stuff together and thinking, we really did this together. I don't think I could have done it without her. And I really think I couldn't have done it without her. Um, and so all this stuff started happening. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, like would I keep pastoring? What would happen? You know, and, and, so, and I know this is a sort of a trivial... Um, well, it didn't feel overly trivial at the time, but I look back and I think, this is, oh, Phil, where are you going? But, you know, I came to church on Sunday night and went to a friend and I said, this is how I'm feeling, can you pray for me? And what surprised me about this, and I think this is, this is the point of what I want to try and reflect on, is that I had a moment of feeling lonely because my lovely wife was not around. 
But then what, how, what surprised me is how quickly my brain went left. How quickly I had gone from, obviously, having an appropriate concern for Kath and feeling, you know, the, the immediate you know, sense of her not being there, but how quickly my mind started rewriting my story. Started saying, Phil, you know, you, you've, no, you've, you've lost it now. If Kath goes, your history, you're no good. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, my goodness. And I think that's what I want to look at this morning. And I guess I've realised, so, so, so why I wanted to start with stories, I realised our story is so significant to how we do life. Because if you let your story get, get altered by this sense of external circumstances and you begin to believe stuff that really is a lie, then we go to the place that God doesn't want us to go to. So, and that we can all, in fact, do that. Now, um, I know that God has a wonderful plan for us. John 10.10, 10, the thief is only there to steal, kill and destroy. I've come so that they may have real and eternal life, more and better life than they have ever dreamed of. That's God's purpose for us. And yet what Jesus wanted to show in that, in that text was that the strategy of the enemy to bring lies into our life. And it's being, can we, as we look at our circumstances, to go, Lord, I don't want to believe lies because that's giving the enemy ground here. I want to believe what is true. And I want to believe that actually, no matter what my circumstances are, you have life to the full for me. Now, now the challenge is, Lord, do I actually believe that? What's the story that's going on in my mind at the moment? Is that, what I'm, is that what is defining my story? Or is what's defining my story is my lack, my sense of exclusion, my, my, my loneliness, my sense that nobody is around me and I need people around me. And so um, Romans 8, 35, 36 to, to 37, it says this, "'Who shall separate us from the love of Christ?' That's that internal reality. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, all that external reality, all that external stuff, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, he says. I have an internal reality that I am loved by God and nothing can change that. The external reality, no matter what it is, if no matter what happens to me, Paul is challenging us to believe that nothing external can separate us from that internal reality that we are loved child of God. And so... We draw from that. We draw from what Christ has done from us. We look to him. I want to read a story. Um, this is a book, Carl Faiz. Have you heard of Carl Faiz? Um, he, uh, he's a good guy. And um, he wrote this in a book called Nudge. In Korea in the 1950s, many people died in notorious prison camps while others survived. Numerous studies have sought to understand why some survived and others did not. 
One reason for survival, it was discovered, was the ability to overcome passive acceptance. While many prisoners gave in to the authorities, others refused to be broken. Some committed themselves to strenuous physical exercise, others kept a log of the insects in their cells, and still others memorised stories. They refused to give in to the order not to communicate with one another and made up codes from taps, from broom sweeps, and even the scrapes of their sandals. They kept reminding themselves that their bodies were captured, but their spirits were not. There are many times when we are tempted to give in to the challenges of life, to give up in the tough times, to stop trying and to allow the values of the people around us to become our own. Like those who survived prison camps, we are called to practice, to practice active resistance. Ask God's Holy Spirit to help you resist the pressures that surround you in life. So the difference between... Passive acceptance and active resistance. God made us for community. He made us in community. He made us for community, both with him and with others. Yet it, isn't it surprising how quickly we run from community when things get tough? It's interesting that we go that way. Um, in John 15, there's the story... Well, Jesus um, is speaking to his disciples. The, the, the setting of John 15 um, is that they have just, as, as a group of friends, celebrated the Lord's Supper. They're at the Lord's table. They've, you know, they've shared the food of the table. They've also drunk the wine and, and shared the bread and, and, and had that very special moment with Jesus. Jesus has also released Judas to go and betray him. Interesting that he did the table before Judas went. Anyway, Judas goes and then they leave. And then these chapters in John are, are probably the most precious in the book because they're these final words that Jesus speaks to his friends. And he wants them, um, he wants them to really hear his heart because he knows what is about to happen. As they leave that meal, and they'd shared a number of meals together, um, um, he knows what is about to happen. He knows his death. He knows that they're going to run. But he also knows that he's going to come back to life again, and they're going to be, in a way, reunited. But the journey is going to be profoundly different. And he speaks to them about being him being the vine and them being the branches. In verse 5 it says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, this is what he's trying to say. I don't know about you, um, do you... Um, have you had images of um, out in space when the guys are floating around? Out, you know, they're up there and they've got mothership and they're out in space. Well, um, what I was reminded of this, and I spoke about this passage actually in the evening community a little while ago, 
and um, and that image really came to mind. And what Jesus really wanted them to to get was this. Sorry, is that if we're going to survive what lies ahead, whatever that would be, we need to be. We have a song that we sing about being tethered. He wants us to be tethered. Oh, wrong one. Um, sorry, I'm not. Re- I wasn't a Boy Scout, so. Um, he wants us to be so connected to Jesus, like the guys out in space. It is their lifeline. If that line goes, they're dead. Really, they're dead. That story about the prison camps, they were dead unless they worked out how to stay connected. And so Jesus wanted his friends to know that whatever was going to come ahead, he knew they didn't. He wanted them to realise they had to stay connected to Jesus, like the branch in, and is there, there's a, Barry, there's a picture of a grapevine, so in case you don't know what a grapevine looks like. Um, they had to stay connected to, to, the, to the main trunk of, of the tree. And if they didn't, they would die. And so as we look at this whole issue of what do we do with our story, the big thing that we need to take home from this is I've got to stay connected to Jesus. And it's not just a mild thing. It's not, oh, yeah, I'll you know, you know, pop him a, a prayer once and every now and again when I'm feeling a little bit whatever. No, he's like, no, 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 no. You've got to know that your very breath depends on me and, and you being connected. Your life, if you want life to the full, this is what your life needs to look like. Not, Jesus, I've got it. Run out. Oh, flip, it's not working. Let's run back. No, it's this is day-to-day life. Staying tethered gripped, held to the Lord. So we start with the Lord. Like, and the thing is, we have a great God. Who are we being connected to? Like, come to me, like we've already heard this morning. Fantastic. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11. And surely, the end of Matthew, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. These are the promises of God. These aren't just the suggestions or the maybes. These are the promises of the God of the universe. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, says the Lord in John 14. That's the God that we have. So we go to God, number one, always to number one and hook in here. The other thing is we go to others. If we are combating some of these things in our lives, whether it is addiction, whether it is loneliness, it's like... um, um, lovely in, in Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, God gives the lonely a home. Now, ever since we started this church, Kath and I have felt we want to help people come home to Jesus. And when people come, when you have, many of you have come and said to us, it feels like home, we're like, yep, that's what God wants. God has given us a home. We have each other. It's intentional. He made this thing 
despite all the challenges that church is, he made it and he believes in it and he believes in us and in our capacity to be home to a, a large family. And so I want to encourage you, choose to stay connected at least here, <laughs> at least in church. Engage in small groups. Engage in what happens on Sundays. Be present, be available to both give love and receive love. To serve and to be served. That's what this thing is all about because he knows how important it is for us to be family together. Now, I, um, I felt as I, as I read, I'm, I'm just going to hang on to this rope. It's a really good feeling. Thanks, Jesus. Um, I actually want to speak a verse over us. Um, it comes from Deuteronomy uh, 31 verse 8. The, the, uh, this is the context of God speaking over this nation that he has chosen. This people, this crazy people who were going to push and pull and up and down. And he spoke this over them as they began to explore their journey with the Lord. And he says to them, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I feel like the Lord wants us all to hear that because sometimes we can feel afraid and discouragement can be a big thing. But the Lord is saying, don't. Why? Because I'm with you. And I felt like as I studied for this talk this morning, I felt like the Lord say, Phil, I just don't think we fully get what it means for God to be present in our lives. The, the fact that God goes with us is not just an added bonus. It is absolutely huge. Like we are in a whole different other position the fact that we have a God who goes with us Moses says as they're in the desert and he says I've had enough I'm not going with you and Moses says uh uh if you don't go with us we're going nowhere we're not moving from this spot unless you agree to come with us Moses knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that the presence of the Lord was vital for their very existence. And I think when Jesus picks up that same concept, I am the vine, you are the branches. In that passage, he uses this word remain eight times. Remain in me, remain in me. As I remain in you, you remain in me. Remain, 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 remain. That's about eight. Um, you know, he wants us to get this, this concept of being connected and remaining with him because he knows that's the way we'll find life. And I believe God has and is writing a wonderful story for us as we look to him. And it does mean us making a choice. Am I going to listen to this, the circumstantial situation of my life or am I going to actually look to Jesus and go, what's my story, God? Because if we look to the world, it will not be a happy story. 
and God wants us to live a good story. Amen? Amen. Great. Well, look, I'd like to pray now, and I'd like to encourage you, as um, it was just interesting as we were praying this morning, how, how the Lord brings up a passage that, in a way, reinforces what he wants to do. Um, I believe he does want to challenge us with the story that we are believing about ourselves at the moment. What's your story? What are you living in at the moment? What are you believing about yourself? And I want to challenge you because if, if that story is, is not the God story, well then, you know what, I would be running to the front and going, I'm sick of this story I'm telling myself. I'm sick of this story saying I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I've messed up enough, I'm not, you know, da na 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 the list is long and that's the story I'm living and I come here and I worship and I want God to change it, but you know what, it's time to change it. And it's realising it's not about looking at all the things out there, it's about looking to what God has placed within us, his very presence. So let's stand. I'm going to temporarily disconnect myself. So can I encourage you maybe just to put your hands out? Um, we sort of do this in the vineyard because it just sort of says, Lord, I just want to surrender to you. <laughs> My life is in these hands and I want to open them to you. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome what you have been speaking to all of us this morning about our, our journey. And Lord, I believe in the promises of God. I believe that your promise to me is to have life and life to the full. I believe in the promise that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I believe in the promise that you're not going to leave me as an orphan. And Lord, I actually want to make a choice this morning that I'm not going to let the external circumstances around my life, whether it's work stuff, whether it's isolation, whether it's grief or loss or pain, I'm not going to let them redefine my story into a list of lies. I want to believe the truth. The truth that you've spoken over my life. And I want to live from that place. So Holy Spirit, just settle. You've been present all morning. So gentle this morning. Come to the Father. This is Father's Day. Let's go to the Father. His open arms. And let's get there. Thank you, Lord. Recognize the things that have been defining your story, the things that aren't so good, and give them away and say, Lord, I want your story. I turn to you, Jesus. I tether myself to you for my very life. 
I'm not going to let this addiction define my life. I'm not going to let this loneliness transform my life. I want life to the full. That's my right as a child of God. Now, I want to encourage you. Keep letting the Spirit do things. Let Him speak to you. Let Him call you forward. Let Him cheer you on. You're His. You're His girl. You're His man, boy, woman. You're His. But I also want to encourage some of you. I feel like the Lord is saying it is good for you to go forward because it's not just your story. It's, it's coming to the community as well. It's coming to the family and going, I need some prayer on this. And so there's some of you here who need some prayer this morning because you want to rewrite your story. So if that's you, I want you to come forward. It is a brave thing, but it's a good thing. Even if there's a little bit that doesn't seem to fit, let's get some prayer about it.